G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigau and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, is it relevant today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as driving by yourself in your car without your mask on? On our last show, we looked at new beginnings, and we had a look at one of the kings of Judah named Jehoshaphat. We found out that the Bible tells us that the Lord was with Jehoshaphat, and it tells us why in Second Chronicles chapter 17, verses 3 to 5, it reads, Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel we found out that Jehoshaphat was one of only four kings of whom it said that he did good in the eyes of the Lord, like his father David. There was a total of 40 kings after David, and only four of them got this high praise about them, and Jehoshaphat was one of them. We found out that the reason that things worked out so well for him is clearly outlined in this passage. Because he sought the God of his father, he made an effort to seek God. He walked in his commandments, and he did not walk according to the acts of Israel. Essentially, what that means is that he turned away from evil. We found out that the four secrets to a happy new year can be found in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, which says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. We found out that these are the four things when put into practice will lead to a new beginning, will lead to a new life. Number one is to humble ourselves. The correct attitude before God is an attitude of humility. Sometimes we can come to God with the wrong attitude, feeling that we are entitled, that we deserve His favor. This is not the attitude with which to approach Him. We need to approach Him with an attitude of humility. The second one is we need to pray, to put time aside and pray to God to communicate with Him every day. Number three is we need to seek his face. We need to spend time in his word. This is how God communicates with us. And number four is we need to turn from our wicked ways. We also spoke about that the reason that many times the Christian walk is lagging, is stagnant, is because we neglect one of these areas. We may pray, we may turn from our wicked ways, but we may not be seeking God. We may not be putting time aside for Him each day. Or we may humble ourselves, we may pray, we may seek His face, but we fail to turn from our wicked ways. When God puts something before us and says, okay, you need to do something about this issue. I cannot bless you like I want to unless you do something about this particular thing that I'm highlighting to you right now. And often people say, I want God's blessing, but I'm not going to put this away. Different people struggle with different things. Some struggle with forgiveness. Others struggle with gossip. Some struggle with lust. Others struggle with watching things that they know aren't really fit for Christian consumption. And we may make excuses. Ah, it's just entertainment. How am I meant to forgive this person? How can I not gossip about this person? We try to find reasons to justify our sinful behavior 
instead of turning from our wicked ways. Jehoshaphat didn't do this. We're told that because of the way he behaved, because he sought God, because he kept his commandments, because he turned away from evil, God blessed him. We're then told that therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand because he did these things. And all of Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat. He had riches and honor in abundance. When he put God first, God honored him in return. If you look at what continues, we're told that all of Judah gave him presents. We find out that even his enemies start bringing him gifts. The Philistines start bringing him silver. The Arabians start bringing him goats and rams. And God is blessing him in such a way that he's even inspiring his enemies to bring him gifts. How awesome is that? But the next thing that's written about Jehoshaphat is not so good. And we'll check it out just after this song. I come to you, let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. And Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I see in me. Stripped away by the power of your love, hold me close, let your love surround me, bring me near, draw me to your side. Your spirit leads me on in the power of your love. Lord, unveil my eyes, let me see you face to face. The knowledge of your love as you live in me. As you live in me. Lord, renew my mind as your will unfolds in my life. Living every day in the power of your
Your spirit leads me on in the power of your love. And I will soar with you. Your spirit leads me on in the power of your love. And I will soar with you. Your spirit leads me on in the power of your love. Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? I'm Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at new beginnings. We found out how the life of Jehoshaphat is one of only four out of 40 kings that followed God in a way that he gets this high praise which says he did good in the eyes of the Lord like his father David. We've discovered that the reason Jehoshaphat received the blessings was because he made it a point of focus in his life to seek God, to keep his commandments and to turn away from evil. However, after this, there seems to have been a turn in the story. One of the things that follows in chapter 18 of 2 Chronicles is something that God didn't want him to do. And I like that this is in the Bible. Because even though we're told that Jehoshaphat walked according to his father David, we see a picture that he didn't do everything perfectly. Essentially, what Jehoshaphat did was this. He did All these things, he prepared his heart, he gave his heart to God, and once he was done that, he was like, what now? What now that I've done all these things? And when he started thinking about hypothetical situations of what may happen, now I've experienced this many times. Everything is going well, and then I start thinking about all the things that can go wrong, about all the things that I have yet to fully sort out. This is what Jehoshaphat did. And instead of saying, okay, God, I'm going to put my full trust in you. I've done what you've asked me to do, and from now on, the rest is up to you. Jehoshaphat was really concerned about Israel. He was concerned that they would attack him. And what he did was he strengthened his army. Now, I think this was a wise thing to do. In a time of peace, we should not assume that the rest of our lives will be perfect, but we should prepare for a time of strife. Now, Israel was to the north of Judah, and over the years, Israel had tried to attack Judah on a number of occasions. And Jehoshaphat was really concerned about this. So he built an army. He actually trained a huge army. He had more soldiers than David did. Now, think about this. David had a lot of military success. And he didn't just reign over Judah. He reigned over what now was Judah and Israel. Jehoshaphat reigned in a region which was about 40% of the size of the region that David ruled. But he had more soldiers than him. He strengthened himself. He wanted to be ready. And as we mentioned before, there's nothing wrong with that. However, the next step he took was very questionable. What did he do? We'll find out. Just after this song. A sign shall be given A virgin will conceive A human baby bearing undiminished deity The glory of 
the nations A light for all to see And hope for all who will embrace His warm reality Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigau, and today we're looking at new beginnings and how Jehoshaphat managed to get the high praise that he did good in the eyes of the Lord as his father David had done. We've so far discovered that he made it a point of focus in his life to seek God, to keep his commandments and to turn away from evil. 
We've also discovered that after this, he made an effort to strengthen his army in a time of peace, which made perfect sense. But the next step that he took was one that was very questionable. You see, he went and made an alliance with the king of Israel, who at the time happened to be Ahab. Ahab, unlike Jehoshaphat, has a very bad reputation in the Bible. In fact, it's said of him that he did wickedly in the eyes of the Lord, but it doesn't end there. It continues to say he did more evil in the eyes of God than all the kings that were before him. His wife had a name we often associate with evil. His wife was called Jezebel. You see, Jehoshaphat was worried that Israel would invade. This is one of the reasons he prepared his army. But to make sure that this invasion would not happen, he made an alliance with Ahab. In doing this, he married his son with the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. This most definitely was not the brightest idea he had, and it was definitely not sanctioned by God. Now, a few years later, he goes and visits Ahab, who says to him, Come to war with me. We need to take back Ramoth-Gilead, which was an area that was strategically important. And Jehoshaphat, instead of asking God what he should do, says, Yes, I will go with you. I'll come to war with you. But then I imagine that God was speaking to his mind, saying, Really? Should you be doing this? After he tells Ahab, Yes, I'll go to war with you, he backtracks a little bit and asks, Is there any prophets here? Are there any people we can ask God's instructions from? And Ahab says, yes, sure. And he brings out 400 prophets and they all say, yep, good, go to war and God will give you victory. Now, I don't know what it was about these prophets. Maybe it was the way they were dressed. Maybe they had symbols of Asherah and Baal that made Jehoshaphat very uneasy. And he asks, do you have any of God's prophets? And Ahab was like, oh, yeah, there is this one guy, but I hate him. He never speaks good about me, which really isn't all that surprising, right? If you're following the enemy, God is going to reprove you. And Ahab didn't like to hear that. So they finally call him in and he says, oh, yes, God will give him into your hands. Now, there must have been something about the way he said it. I think he was saying it in a very sarcastic tone. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure God will give it to you. That Jehoshaphat was like, no, 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 tell me the truth. And then he says to him, I saw Israel scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Essentially what he told him, if you go to battle, it's not going to end well. And what makes me really scratch my head is that he went to battle anyway. I don't get that. God tells him, what's going to happen if he does go to battle, but he goes to battle anyway. And in battle, Ahab dies, and Jehoshaphat almost dies too. And on his way back home to Judah, Jehu the prophet comes up to him and tells him that he has done wickedly. Now, how does Jehoshaphat respond to this? We'll find out just after this song.
have let you down so many times before. Yet you come to me in mercy, undeserving, lost now found. Your love begins to pour when you surround me with your mercy. Just when I feel my way is lost. And need some light to see. Just when I would have given up, you go and mercy me, mercy me when I'm falling, mercy me, hear me calling, mercy me like raindrops falling, pour your grace out on me. Mercy me when I'm hurting. Mercy me so undeserving. Mercy me when I'm dirty. Wash me clean. Oh my Father, mercy me. Oh my Father, mercy. Mercy me, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, Lord. You are God and I am not. I'm nothing without you and your incredible mercy. I need you more desperately than I need the air I breathe. Father, fill the air with mercy. Just when I feel I can't go on, about to sink beneath the sea. Just when I think the end has come, you go and mercy me, mercy me when I'm falling, mercy me, hear me calling, mercy me like raindrops falling, pour your grace out on me, mercy me. Mercy me, so undeserving. Mercy me when I'm dirty. Wash me clean. Oh my Father, mercy me. Mercy me when I'm falling. Mercy. Father, 
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? I'm Marius Jigao and today we're looking at new beginnings and how Jehoshaphat managed to get the high praise that he did good in the eyes of the Lord as his father David had done. We've so far discovered that he made it a point of focus in his life to seek God and to keep his commandments and also to turn away from evil. We've also discovered that after he made this effort, he strengthened his army but then made the stupid decision to make an alliance with Ahab. He followed him into battle and almost died. However, when he was coming back home, the prophet Jehu reproaches him. How did he respond to this reproach? His response was to recommit his heart to God. He realized that he had made a mistake and he turned back to God. Now this echoes how David behaved in the incident with Bathsheba. Although it was in a totally different way, David turned his eyes away from God. He lost sight of God and was drawn away by the enemy. But when he was reproached, he didn't try to justify himself, to make excuses for his sins. No, he asked God's forgiveness and he turned back to him. This is essentially what Jehoshaphat did as well. After he went to war together with Ahab, did something that he knew he really shouldn't be doing, when he got reproached for this, he asked forgiveness and he turned back to God. I think it's for this reason that it said he did good in the eyes of the Lord, just like his father David. He then repeated what he did at the beginning of his reign which was to send teachers throughout Judah and to teach the people to return to God, to teach the people to turn away from their wicked ways. You see, Jehoshaphat, when he realized, okay, I've made a mistake, he then remembered, you know what? Things went really well when I was fully committed to God. And after he recommits his heart to God, then the enemy strikes again. This time, his biggest fears actually come true. The Bible describes that there was a great multitude coming toward him. There were so many people attacking him that it simply says, a great multitude. Now here, he was faced with a similar question. What now? What do I do now? So what does he do? We'll find out just after this song. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power. In the blood of the Lamb There is power, power, wonder-working power In the prayer 
precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's power in the blood. 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 Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. You're listening to Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at new beginnings. We've discovered that Jehoshaphat had an amazing start to his life as he made it a focal point in his life to seek God, to keep his commandments, and to turn away from evil. However, when things were in a time of peace, the enemy tempted him by showing him all the hypothetical problems that he may have in the future. And suggesting to him, now what? What are you going to do if this happens? What are you going to do if Israel attacks? What are you going to do if this happens? And Jehoshaphat then made the silly mistake to make an alliance with Ahab, which almost got him killed. However, when Jehu the prophet showed him his mistake, just like his father David, he turned his heart back to God. And then 
the enemy attacks again. A huge army is attacking him, a great multitude, and again he's tempted with the same question. Now what? Now what will you do, Jehoshaphat? I can imagine he's thinking, I've done everything I can. Now this huge army is before me, what am I going to do? The enemy has a way of trying to get us to solve problems that aren't really meant for us to solve. He has done this to me many times. I'm trying to do everything I can to follow God according to the best I can, and then the enemy suggests to me, ah, but what are you going to do a few months from now when this happens? What are you going to do when that happens? What are you going to do when this other thing that you kind of a little bit worried about, what are you going to do when that happens? And he tries to get you to panic, to lose sight of the fact that, hey, Ever since I've been following God, everything has been going pretty good. Here, Jehoshaphat is in this situation again. Now, the good thing is that he has learned from his past mistake. This time he doesn't say, Oh, maybe I'm going to speak to Israel and maybe they can join me in the war. Or I'm going to position these men over here and these men over there. You know, I have over a million fighting men. Surely we'll be able to overcome them. No, this isn't what he does at all. This time, he goes to God and asks him, What shall I do? Lord, you know how to solve this problem before me. This is too big for me to solve. And then God responds with one of the verses in the Old Testament that's quoted very often. It's an amazing verse. God tells him, You will not need to fight in this battle. I love that. How many times do we have these hypothetical situations in our mind? What's going to happen when this happens? Or what about this? Or what about this? And we freak out about the next step. And sometimes God says, you know what? You're not even going to need to fight in that battle. Don't worry about it. He continues saying, position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear nor be dismayed. I love this verse. The enemy wants to trick us. The enemy wants to confuse us. The enemy wants us to fight battles which may not be ours to fight. He wants to get us to focus on, oh, now what? What am I going to do in the next step? What about the one after that? What about the one after the one after that? And we can lose focus on what's in front of us right now. Many of us have seen God work in our lives in an amazing way. I know I've seen this in my life. The good news is that we don't need to fear what will happen three months from now or six months from now. You see, we're told in the Bible to be confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in us will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The work is not for us to complete. God has promised that if we stay true to Him, if we stay near Him, He will complete the work. So when the question comes up, now what? Well, now we give it to God. We look at the salvation that He will bring us. Now we give it to God. We hand it over to Him and we stand still and see the salvation that He will bring us. We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today where we have video presentations on many topics including the one we've just been talking about called Now What? We look forward to seeing you next week. 
I'm Marius Jigel. God bless, and I hope you have a magnificent day.
on the portals he's waiting and watching watching for you and for me come home come home you who are weary come home earnestly tenderly Jesus is calling calling for you to come listening to is it relevant today if you have any questions or comments please leave them on our facebook page is it relevant today but for now thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you next week i love to tell the story twill be my theme in glory to tell the old old story of Jesus' name.